What's happening, guys? Welcome to the Dynasty War Zone, the People's Dynasty Podcast, streaming live on the Player Profiler YouTube channel. I am your host. My name is Memphis, and you can find me at DWZ Memphis. Tonight, we're going to be talking about rebuilding, roster rescue. And here he is back to rescue the show after a week off. He is my co host, he is the man of the hour and the man. With the power, Jerry Sinclair, buddy, how you feeling off a week off? You know, it was fine. Um, surprisingly, no one stabbed me in the heart with a needle. Uh, Tyrod Taylor is back. Uh, listen to the show, love the show. I am surprised that I did not get replaced by Justin Herbert, Kevin, who did an absolutely kick-ass job. Sidebar, when I first started doing podcasts with you, whenever the hell that was, five years ago, I think, I used to have to drink a couple beers every time because I would get so nervous about it. And that was back when it was you, me, and maybe our significant others could hear us through the wall. And it was just us at a laptop in dark corners of our rooms. Um, But yeah, Kevin came in like a fucking wrecking ball to quote Miley Cyrus and killed it. Miley, uh, Miley Cyrus reference cash is plus 1400 here on the show. And, you know, Kevin has been a tremendous support both behind the scenes and on the scenes because on our channel, the Dynasty Warzone YouTube channel and the Dynasty Warzone podcast network, he and I have been doing a series about under the radar training camp stories that you've not really heard much anywhere else. And I've been really proud of that. Now, you can only find that on the Dynasty Warzone feeds, YouTube and audio. So check those out. If you're already subscribing to Player Profiler, we highly recommend that you check those out everywhere. And, and uh, you know, he, he also set you up for an ad read perfectly with Underdog, something that I have not done in five years of doing a show. So Jerry, him on that. listen, listen, Kevin's in the background right now. Like producer Kevin is producing this show. He does a tremendous job, but you know, there are other pretty girls out there, but they're never going to replace you, Jerry. You're my guy. We've we've been doing this for five years. We all need a week off. But you know what? It's it's beyond comforting to know that we have so much talent here at Player Profiler that producers can come in here and kick ass and take names as it relates to content. Speaking of content, real quick, tomorrow is this season's final edition of Kiss the Ring. Now, that'll stream Monday night. It'll be all about how to plan your big redraft in-person draft. Now, Jerry, this coming weekend, you're a redraft gamer. You have an old-school home league, right? I do. You know what it's like to get the boys and the girls together. It's 2023. Let's be gentlemen. We uh, we play with a mixed group of ladies and gents when we play fantasy football. And tomorrow's show is going to be all about how to make that live draft the best it can possibly be. Then I will be doing a new show. New show is something, well, it's kind of an old show. Now, on our network, years ago, I used to do a gambling prop podcast called The Propcast. I, we, we could have workshopped the name a little bit better, but at Player Profiler, we're going to call it The Juice. And that's going to stream live on Friday nights around 10, 1030. Why? Because... That's when most of the gambling props are out, but they're still fresh enough that they've not had the crap kicked out of them so we can take advantage of the best value. So more on the juice later, Jerry, but uh, anything exciting to report before we go into uh, before we go into you know good people, bad tweets? 
No, absolutely not, because I saw this one, and I am rather excited for it. Oh, yeah, this might be a double shot of Dana White on this one right here. But before we get into good people, bad tweets, we want to take just one minute and hear a word from our friends at Rival Fantasy. Hey, we've got to talk about Rival Fantasy today. Rival Fantasy, they're a huge supporter of everything we do, the podcast channel, the YouTube channel. It's possible because of Rival, and they have an incredible new offer with promo code PLAYER, promo code PLAYER. You double your deposit up to $200, and you get $25 in bonus bucks. So it's $225 additional to play in NFL preseason. You can do their props on the fantasy book where it's over, under, over, under, over, under, up to five guys. The more over-unders you hit, the higher your payout. And they have their challenges for the community. You can say, hey, I think that Player X is going to go over this many fantasy points, and someone takes you up on it. They take the other side. It's great. I love their fantasy bingo, where you can do five across, you can do four in the corner, black it out, just predicting fantasy points on your favorite players, especially in preseason. The promo code is PLAYER, where they match your deposit up to $200, plus those $25 in bonus bucks. This offer is insane. It is insane. Rival fantasy, we all love props. We're going to be attacking props later in the live season. I don't love doing, I know a lot of people play preseason DFS and, and gambling props and, and good on you. I can't I do it. Yeah, I mean, there's value out there. There's always going to be value out there. I just don't trust them, you know, because you, you fall victim to coach speak. Oh, my starting quarterback's going to play X number of minutes and they don't. Or, you know, they're not going to play at all. And then the next thing you know, they suit up and then you wind up taking the the worst end of a bet but speaking of taking the worst end of it jerry this one right here might be the the most uh egregious good people bad tweets that i have i've seen in a while now uh, i do want to this is actually i want to thank the the folks at barstool for for bringing this to our attention by putting it in my timeline i think it was the the people you may know column but whatever i don't think i don't follow barstool but whatever and this was a direct quote from Ryan Clark of ESPN. Okay. And Mr. Clark said the other day on television, George Pickens is much more talented than Justin Jefferson. Now, Jerry, but I, I just, I, I don't know, Jerry. This motherfucker on the planet. Holy shit. Yeah, you get a preemptive Dana White for saying something like that. And, and I, I, I've seen him run it back and I, I've seen him say, well, I'm just talking pure talent, blah blah blah, and you you can't put that one back in the in in the bucket. It's talent is like five stars, four stars. Go ahead, because I'm 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 not workshopping this properly. There is no quantifiable or qualitative way that George Pickens is more talented than Justin Jefferson. There's not a way, a shape, or I think a he form. was. At one time, like coming out of high school, I think like George Pickens may have been yeah, like a five. And that, and, that just, and that just showed how wrong some of those people are at ranking people because he is not in the same universe as Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson is a unicorn at the position who came in, I don't want to say like a wrecking ball again. Are we gonna are we gonna quote Hannah Montana twice today? But it, it, I mean it's him and it's Justin Jefferson or it's Goodness gracious, Jamar Chase, and then there's a tier. 
And there's a lot of very good wide receivers in the NFL right now. It is a saturated position with lots of talent. And George Pickens is not in the conversation with any of them. He's he's fine. He's okay. Like like uh, he can he can do some impressive things. I, this, I was this was this was this. this was hot takey from a former Pittsburgh Steeler, and he got all the interactions that he wanted out of it. I don't I don't think it's the interactions that you want. Now, first of all, I think the most talented wide receiver in the NFL is Tyreek Hill, because probably true. His rare blend of speed, quick acceleration, ability to make people miss. I think from a talent standpoint, from what we do from a fantasy standpoint, it's clearly Justin Jefferson. Let's let George Pickens, let's let him earn those stripes before we just, you know, heap this praise on there. I would just say, like, from an ESPN standpoint, this is what happens when you lose all the talent. Because so many of the the, the really talented people there, they've let go. And now you get knuckleheads every day, like Kendrick Perkins, you get Dan Orlovsky, Ryan Clark. There is no quality control. And... This is why, like, when you let the really smart people go, like Matthew Barry starts his own thing. And Matthew Barry, you know, starts the Fantasy Life app and then joins up with NBC Sports Edge. They did still kill Roto World, but that's a different conversation for a different day. But you start losing all this talent and you're just putting people on there. Maybe they have a more affordable contract. I don't know. I'm I'm not saying that Ryan Clark is peers. Where's his peers on that panel going, shut the fuck up? This is dumb. Like, he's Charles Barkley does. Yeah, like he's he's fine at his job. Like I don't dislike Ryan Clark, but to say something like this and to not have it, oh, I don't, I don't, am- I, I, hammered over your head over and over again. Like I don't dislike there, Ryan Clark. There's but just there's, you, you're losing credibility. What he's not that? the best wide receiver on his team. Like, I, th- I, I, I can't top that. He is he isn't the best wide receiver on his team. He's a catch and fall guy. I think the other day he had a in a preseason game he had like, I think it was like a twenty yard yak yards after catch catch. That was that represented like twenty percent of what he did all year last year. Now I do have George Pickens on my buy list. He's starting to get a little hot. The price is starting to bubble up a little bit, but I do like the fact that he is talented. Not more talented than Justin Jefferson. He is talented, but he is another year removed from the ACL. He's probably more talented than like Christian Watson. Oh no, that's Maybe. getting spicy. No, that's getting spicy. I'm not. I'm not going to spin this out. I just want to. I just wanted to take a another uh, shot at at Ryan Clark for another dump. You know, it's Deserved. like it's like him and Dan Arlovsky are having like a hidden competition. Who can say the dumbest shit before week one? Well, Dan Orlovsky does have the absolute stupidest play in the history of the NFL, running out of the back of the end zone on an 0-16 Detroit Lions team. I mean, so, you, you pick, know, yeah, you pick I mean, Justin he, he, Fields for the ran. MVP. I mean, you can pick a lot of guys for the MVP. Like, give me Jalen Hurts at 11-1. to yeah. You know? Give, give me Patrick Mahomes to, to go back-to-back. Fine with that. Give me Lamar. I'm The more I, you know, done – in research with the, the the Ravens, the more I like Lamar, but like Justin Fields, their Vegas win total is 7.5. 7.5. And you're picking that quarterback to win the MVP because your team has to do good. Yeah. So anyway, I could sit here and kick the dog shit out of bad ESPN takes all day, but uh, Justin Jefferson is more talented than George Pickens. 
And uh, Ryan, Dana White's got a word for you out the door. I don't give a shit what that guy thinks, what he has to say, or what he writes. Good for him. He's he's pulling good traffic. So you don't worry about the like the. the, the- I don't give a fuck. Don't give a fuck. Cool. Cool. So all right, we we got to get into might this. be that might be the best and most relatable soundbite to anything we've ever had in the history of this show. Dude, Dana White's a national treasure as it relates to sound drops. You know, like I wish more commissioners would come out and just, you know, give it to us straight. Maybe some people would like it without the the language a little bit, but uh, I, I love how Dana White has built the UFC into what it is with the, the Fertitta brothers. But anyway, um, we're going to talk about rebuilds, Jerry. Now, hey, Jerry, buddy. sometimes sometimes you come out right out of the gate talking rebuilds. I mean, like like you draft a rebuild, which is odd, but what are your thoughts on rebuild? Like, how do you know when it's the time for a rebuild? So when do you look at a roster and say, man, I've got to fix this? This is one of my favorite shows to do, just because as longtime Dynasty Warzone listeners will know that for several years ago, I took a giant chunk of my rosters and I just tried to figure out the best way to rebuild because it's hard. And in general, people are bad at it. I don't give a shit what anybody says. There is not really a great way to do it. And there is not just one way to do it. It does take a little bit of luck. You can try and build an edge as much as you want. It's very tough, especially if you try and gut it. So what I would say is when the time to rebuild is, the, the best way to do it is to just try and get the first pick. And the best way to do that is to just know you're going to suck for the year. And it, to quote Marcellus Wallace, that pain that you're going to feel inside when you keep losing and you know that you are going to lose over and over, that's just pride fucking with you. But you can't let it get you. You have to stick to the plan and get the first pick. Because that first pick is always, 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 always going to gain value and be extremely valuable no matter who it is. There's there, there Has there been a first overall pick that's been not worth crap in a long time? I've, it's been dog water. I, I can't yeah, think of, like, a, of a dog water first of a first overall no, like, pick. There were people that took Corey Davis with the first pick, but it had you still traded that pick, it still was worth a ton right before the draft, even right after the draft. So it, it it's just something that maintains its value. But but let's say we're halfway through the season, right? And it, is it time to rebuild or should I try and buy? If you're not in the top five, the top four, it's probably not time. Like it, it, it's time to go. You you got you gotta kick it down the can because what are you gonna do? You're gonna win a little bit and you're gonna get to the first round and maybe you get lucky and maybe you win and then you lose in the semis or you lose in the first round and you're picking at 108 and you got the same mediocre ass roster. You don't want to do that. Like, like you just can't. So, so, so you got to get rid of those assets that are going to lose value quickly or they're going to help somebody win their championship and you can gain value in the future. You know, you flip. Dalvin Cook last year, or or Ezekiel Elliott, even you know Derrick Henry probably this year, Joe Mixon probably this year. You talked about Miles Sanders, and it pissed me off a little bit. Yeah, uh, last week, but not a bad idea. 
you you got to punt those sorts of situations, gain value for the future. Honestly, it, it to quote Talladega Knights, Ricky Bobby, I'm just a quoting machine today. If you ain't first, you're last. Who like like you can get a little bit of money for second, and that's cool. But this really is a game about if you don't win, you don't get anything. So we got to try and be first. And you can look at somebody's roster and know if they're good. And if you can't get there or you don't think you're going to get there now, you got to go to next year. Like there's no waiting around. Well, for for me, I don't know when you you it's time for rebuild. First of all. I have been in plenty of leagues with plenty of people who are in a perpetual state of rebuild. Now, if you're like our buddy Kyle, Dr. Kyle, uh, does content with us over on the Dynasty Warzone Network. He's a doctor of physical therapy in New York City. He's worked with professional athletes like uh, Steve Harvey, the pitcher who used to pitch for the Mets, guys like that. You know, he plays in some really high stakes leagues. You know, for him, that's not entertainment. That's trying to win money. But for the people that pay and play in $50 buy-in leagues, if if you just like the constant trading and drafting and you want to get rid of players and you want to have rookie picks and you see this as a form of fun and entertainment, that's fine. Don't let anyone tell you that you're doing it wrong. What I'm talking about is is, is for the, the lady or gent that you know, are trying to determine, maybe we'll use somewhere in the middle between $50 buy-in and super high stakes like Dr. Kyle, somewhere in the middle. For me, I'm doing a rebuild after I've won money. You reference money. One of my, to me, it's it's the first league I was ever in with the Podfather, the Ultimate Dynasty Podcasters League. And for me, that league, it's 50 bucks. Uh, the guys from the FF Dynasty are always trying to get us to raise the stakes. For me, I have finished second, second, and first in this league. I've got a really good roster. I am going humble brag. Humble. I, I just threw it out there, Jerry. I didn't dwell on it. You brought it up. Uh, but but for me, it's I'm going to try to win this year. You know, I've got Cooper Cup. I've got Stefan Diggs. I've got Brandon Ayuk. I've I've got um, Garrett Wilson. You know, I've got older running backs. I've got Alvin Kamara. I've got Austin Eckler. I I, I got George Kittle. What you don't hear with, with the and those are the guys, I do have like a Roshan Johnson, like you know, John Mechie guys I'm trying to hit on. Pause. But I, I am trying to 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 win this league. And then I know it's gonna be dark days. But I have extracted, I think second in this league pays like 150. So I've gotten 150 twice and I won it, and I think that paid 400. That's again, you it's got like it's, ten, it's, ten years of, it's, of it's value. Like, it's, it's it's like you know, yeah. I mean, you you figure what I paid to, to be in the league for the four years, and then the money that I've taken out. I understand that I'm going to be putting that money back in for the next couple of years, but I'm good with it. I've paid for my rebuild, but that's okay. That that's when I think it's a time to do a rebuild. Like we've talked with Jordan McNamara of the McNamara Dynasty, um, does yeah. stuff with uh. The guy's name's Chad, but you know Jordan does good stuff. Just find Jordan; he's a great follow on Twitter. And, and he was like, "It's almost impossible to rebuild in some formats." Correct. But 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 once you've got some money and, and you got it, that's that's when you know. You look at your roster. It's like I looked at the roster I just referenced, and outside of you know just the ones I named off the top of my head, with the exception of Garrett Wilson and Brandon Ayuk, there's not a lot of young sexiness there. I mean, Cooper Cup's 30, Stefan Diggs, 29, George Kittle, 28, 29, Kamara, Eckler. These guys are coming up toward the end, and I'm not going to get a whole lot back for them in the future in trades, but you know what? 
I've got the money, but I can look at that roster and say, this is it. This is my last year as a contender. Next year, I'll be rebuilding. So, so that's how I know when to rebuild. I think that's fair. And and we're going to, the next question I think is the most critical one. So let, well, let, well, let's, let me just, well, thank you for queuing me right up. You said you weren't, weren't a go, good co-host. You, <laughs> sell, you, you sell yourself short. So the, the next question is, is what is the number one piece of advice you'd give a dynasty GM that's taking on a rebuild? So Jerry, if you were to give uh, the multiverse is so hot right now, like with Marvel, they're doing the multiverse saga. So if you were to tell Jerry from another timeline, you know, what's the best piece of advice you would give yourself or anyone who has just decided to do a rebuild? Jerry, a rebuild doesn't necessarily mean your entire roster from top to bottom has to be young. Listen, you want stable assets. You want assets that are under contract and you're going to be okay. You want guys to try to rely on down the road a little bit. You don't need to have every young person in the world because you will never win, ever. You will perpetually kick the can down the road and you will keep hemorrhaging your money and your friends will make fun of you because you've never made the playoffs or you lose in the first round and yada, yada, yada. And at some point, Randy, at some point, you have to go all in. If you're going to rebuild and you're I'm talking like you're gutting it, right? Like you, we've seen the teams that go for the first pick and they have five first round picks that next year. If you pick every single one of those picks, you're a bozo and you are going to lose because of it. The hit rate on those first round picks is not great and you can use them to actually get known commodities that will help you. The problem is, is people get set in this mindset that you are on a rebuild and you have to have young things. And I have, I have Traylon Burks here and I have this and I have the 107 and I have Freddie Mays first round pick next year. And I got Sebastian's and, you know, and, and they think because they have these younger teams that that means eventually they're going to win. But if you never have the hammers, the guys that just, club people in the head week after week after week, no matter what their age is, you will not win the league. You have to use those picks to get those players. And even if they're old, right? Like you trade a first for Derrick Henry or something, get a little juice back, get a third. Sometimes that little young guy, because where you want the young guys, Randy, on your bench. So that way, well, if they, and, if and they, they generate if they, buzz, and they, I mean, yeah, I exactly. but, but like, like right now, think about third round picks in, in this year's super flex drafts, you know, Tajay Spears was going late second, early third, Michael Wilson from the Cardinals, those guys right now, maybe you don't see that guy as part of your future, but he's a guy that you got for a late second, early third. And like, can you get next year's second? Can you get a third and a second? Can, can you, can Keep you pushing throw those, him in pushing those just, picks down the line? To just get an elite asset with your pretty good guy. Like, I, I, there is an argument where you can. Yeah, I mean, for, for me, I, and, and I agree with that. I'm going to talk about picks in the, in the next question or the next part that I'm going to bring up. So for me, two things. I, I have two pieces of advice that I would give anyone who is getting ready to partake in, in a rebuild. Number one, have a timeline. 
you need to be able to look at your roster and say, this is a two-year rebuild. This is a one-year rebuild. This is a three, whatever, whatever See, number. You let, me, let me stop you right there. Sure. There is no three-year rebuild. There is not. It, uh, you if, have, you have, you take over you, you have, you have fucked up your rebuilding process. If you're on a three, listen, we, we have a league together, the UPL, which we are both in. We have been in it for a while. I am on like year three or four of it because I have screwed it up. There is no one who goes out and sets out and says, this team is so bad. It's going to take this long. Not a shot. You have screwed it up, which I have screwed it up in that league. There's no, I will, I will there's no way around it. Cause that's my next point is like in Superflex. If you have the thing and, and, and again, I don't want to make this like an anti Justin Fields show. I've, 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 I've said my piece. We've gone down, but, that but, road. but like if you're in a super flex league, my number one thing is lock up a quarterback. And, and I would tell you not to lock up risky quarterbacks. And, and, and Justin Fields is not risky because he's bad or he's like going to have like good games or bad games. He's risky because he's a runner. You know, same thing with, with, with Jalen Hurts. Like, let's say you're getting ready to start a rebuild and you have Jalen Hurts. How can you get to Joe Burrow, who is a, a, admitted for fantasy points per game, is a step down? But I mean, then again, Joe Burrow's hurt right now, or or Justin Herbert, or a guy who's more of a pocket passer that is going to win you leagues by throwing forty touchdowns a year, as opposed to giving you that rushing upside. Because we've seen it two years in a row, and Lamar's a great example. You know, guys and ladies that took him, you know, three years ago in startups, they've gotten twelve games the last two years because of the rushing. Kyler's and, out too, and, and Kyler's out right now, so. In Superflex, this goes back to the conversation with Jordan McNamara. That would be my other piece of advice is you absolutely have to lock in that pocket QB1. Now, that doesn't mean that like next year you can't draft a guy with a pedigree like an Anthony Richardson or a um, Quinn Ewers because you're, you're probably – well, maybe if you suck bad enough, maybe you can get Caleb Williams. But, but in, in a Superflex league, once you have that quarterback – Never let him go because you may say to yourself, you know, I can I can speed up this rebuild if I trade, you know, my my star quarterback and I get like a couple of picks and a couple. Of, no, because the odds of ever getting one of those top five to eight quarterbacks back ever again is going to be so much harder in in a league like another guy I wouldn't build around like D Deshaun Watson between his injury history yeah. and, and his uh, his knuckleheadedness off the field. Those are the kind of things because in a rebuild, it's like you're already in a painful situation. Don't double down by investing in players that also have painful situations. To just build on that a little bit, Joe Fry has a good comment in, on the YouTube chat. Um, so if you are going to do that, do it when they're injured, right? When, when they have that reduced value, like Kyler Murray this time last year, exponentially more expensive than he is today. Now, granted, you got to deal with the risk but it's worth acquiring when you've got it at a discount, I would argue. Well, I think that's an, an even better point. Like to, you know, again, injured, suspended players. Kamara doesn't really fall in that for a rebuilder. He's no. more, yeah. he's much closer to the end than the beginning, but a guy like Jamison Williams, if you can get him super late, like if you have a, like a Mike Evans, like, can I, can I get Jamison Williams? There's a lot of negative press on Jamison Williams right now. Can I That's get true. him in like maybe a third for like a Mike Evans? You're never going to, in the middle of a rebuild, are you ever going to be able to 
to maximize that. I, I love the point. I didn't even think about that, Joe. That's so well said. Because let's say last year you started your your rebuild and you have your your Justin Herbert or your Patrick Mahomes or a guy like that, and you can go out and trade for Kyler Murray. I mean, we know he's a year away. We know he's not been the same. Blah blah blah. Injuries, whatever. But you're going into 2024. And you've already you're already pretty much locked in at the QB position, and you're going to have picks in a super flex league. I can I can tell that I like that strategy because from those years when I was trying to you know tinker with the best rebuilding strategy, I acquired a ton of hurt quarterbacks, and by that I mean the quarterback that was hurt that year, which is Dak Prescott. Which is why like every damn roster I have, I have Dak Prescott on because he was worth nothing when he snapped his leg. So I can dig it. All right, well, we're going to go into the second half of this show here in just a second, but in honor of what will be and should be the largest draft weekend for redraft of the year. That's this weekend coming up. We're like six days away. Let's hear from our man, the Podfather, as it relates to the world-famous draft kit. Hey, it's the Podfather of great news. The 2023 draft kit is live. It is world-famous. Why? Because it is the best resource for winning fantasy football championships that exists. There are rankings and cheat sheets for every format you can imagine. We have projections both at the team level and the player level. And wherever you are, you can click on a player, open them up, and see in-depth written analysis about what to expect in fantasy football from that player this year. And then you can click on the team, and you can get even more in-depth analysis, all the drivers of fantasy production both in a positive and negative direction for that team, including a signature trend. And the graphics are incredible. So these team insights, they give you the team-level projections, the vacated targets, the vacated areas, and that one dynamic for each team that you need to know when making decisions on draft day. And we added a bunch of features. I mean, individual cheat sheets for Theo and Billy and Dario. So you could take your favorite analyst and download their personal draft cheat sheet and then in the commissioner's section, also brand new this year, Memphis Young lays out everything you need to know to manage a league, do's, don'ts, tips, and what the more innovative fantasy commissioners are doing this year. That's presented by Trophy Smack. The whole package is presented by the Fantasy Football Players Championship, the FFPC, Ray Garvin, Derek Brown, the best minds in the industry contributing analysis. It's certainly not the most inexpensive draft kit on the market, but... Uh, it is the best. Playerprofiler.com slash draft kit. Playerprofiler.com slash draft kit. Go get it. Let me run a quick timeout for my new friends at AG1. Now, AG1 is something that I've given a try because I'm a gym bro, but I'm also a meathead. And I needed something to round out that gym bro lifestyle. And I did it because I hate the taste and texture of the foods that I would have to eat in order to get what I get from AG1. AG1 is setting me up with 75 high-quality ingredients that give me key daily nutrients, supports my energy, gives me focus, strength, and clarity. AG1 has a broad spectrum of micronutrients and phytonutrients to keep the body nourished all day long. Now, I drink my AG1 in the middle of the afternoon. I reach for the AG1 as opposed to another cup of coffee in the afternoon or another energy drink. AG1 supports the energy that I need throughout the day without the caffeine crash. And I love caffeine, but this is my new little habit 
that delivers big benefits in an area that I need. If a comprehensive solution is what you need for your supplement routine, then try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packets with your first purchase. Now, go to drinkag1.com forward slash dynasty. That's drinkag1.com forward slash dynasty. Check it out. There is links in the show notes. You know I love the draft kit. And go get, see, it. Go, go get it. It's like literally this weekend, you have cheat sheets from some of the best minds in the industry. And if you think about it, Theo plays in like ridiculously expensive leagues. So does Billy for the, for that matter too. So if you have their cheat sheet, it's like you're mirroring a guy that is playing at super high stakes. So he's got real skin in the game. It's a great draft kit. Highly recommend it. So Jerry, I want to take this one first because it's going to echo a point you made earlier in the show. And the question is, is what is the number one mistake that dynasty GMs make during their rebuild? And for me, the number one mistake that you can make is always going for picks and not young players. It is it is good to get picks, 100%. I like what Jerry said earlier. Yeah, get the extra third, get the extra second. But you need to get some guys, like right now, like George Pickens is a great guy to go get. You know, if, if, if you can give up a veteran wide receiver, like maybe Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen is, is one of my guys this year. Love Keenan Allen. But if I can get an upside type play like a George Pickens and get a pick, cool. Because I don't need Keenan's 16 and a half PPR points this year. I just don't. I am much you know more willing to risk taking George Pickens and maybe getting like a little chintzy pick back in the in the exchange. But that's that's, I think, the big mistake is just getting picks. Give me some guys that have got a year, got two years. Uh, that is that is my big mistake. I think just going solely for picks. Like you see those people that have like, you know, you you see their sleeper, their my fantasy league page, and they've got like 30 picks. I'm like, how are you going to get all those guys in your, on your roster, first of all? But, yeah, I, I think you got to make sure you, you don't just solely rely on picks. I would absolutely agree with you. Um. It, that just goes with the problem is is you don't want to pick them because the hit rates are bad, which is what I said earlier. So I'm I'm with you as as far as mine. The biggest mistake that dynasty GMs make, I I think it's just not having a plan, or or if they do have a plan, they just don't stick to it. Like it can hurt. Like it sucks. Like I uh, one of our Patreon leagues. The, my team name is literally this team hurts my eyes because looking at it, it's a putrid team. Like I won, I won in that league, but now I had all the old guys and now I'm in that stage where it's just, it's yikes, but you got to commit to it and you got to stay with it. You have to know that brighter days are coming and you can't just band aid. Band-aids don't fix big problems and rebuilding is a big problem. Like it's fun. Don't get me wrong, but it is a problem because you are not winning. Well, I, th- I think the word that, that people miss in rebuild is rebuild. I mean, if I told you you were going to rebuild your deck, that implies work. If you were going to rebuild the engine in your car, 
That implies work, and you don't do that in five minutes. It's easy to get that super decked out luxury team. It's got all the young guys. You've got Justin Jefferson followed by Brandon Ayuk and two firsts, and maybe it's a Debbie League, and you got you know Marvin Harrison Jr. and you got the running backs, and and that, that there's no easier league to manage in the world than than a team that's fully loaded. A rebuild is work. It is implied in the word because. Jerry, how many leagues are you in? 25-ish. Yeah, I'm in about 20, 25 myself. And and, and any rebuild, like, you've got to be in that thing, like, every week. Yeah. And you're you're looking to acquire young upstart guys. You're looking to move off veterans. but, But you're also trying to get something done every week. It's like, you know, you, you ever see the, the maybe you know this guy or lady. You're, you're going to restore a car. You know, someone's got that classic muscle car. They've got it under a tarp. It's under the tree next to the driveway, and they're always going to fix it up, right? Mm-hmm. But they just, don't, they just don't do it. They don't put any work into it. And what happens to that car? It sits there Shit. under yeah. the tarp, never gets any better. It's it's just there. It's a pain in the ass in the driveway. So you got to commit to the rebuild, man. You got to get out there and, and you got to make those deals because it's 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 hard to do. It, it just patience, man. Like you you just you have to commit to your plan, and sometimes you just have to not do things just to do things. And I want to I want to drive on that point for just a second because you mentioned earlier like pride fucking with you and everything, and that's what happens. Because you tell yourself, I'm not contending this year. I'm not contending this year. And maybe you get lucky, you hit on a rookie, having a great season. I will never forget the season of 2017 where Kareem Hunt on the Kansas City Chiefs came out of nowhere and was just just setting the world ablaze and many a dynasty rebuilder maybe had him. Alva Kamara was really good that year. So maybe you had some of those young guys and you, you get tempted to trade to trade away the the maybe the hurt guy. Like maybe, you know, you're in a rebuild, you had a running back like a Brees Hall. And you're tempted to trade him because, you know what, man, I can go out and get Josh Jacobs and he's going to do real good. Or I can get Austin Eckler. And, and and you know what, with a little bit of little bit of work, I can go out and I, and I can win this league. And it's then you lose in the first round. And then you lose in the first round or you don't even make the playoffs. And you have just set yourself back another year. You said this was going to be a one-year rebuild. You said this was going to be a two-year rebuild. Because remember, that was the goal. You were going to have a plan. You were going to stick to the plan. And what do you end up doing? You let you let, you let pride start messing with you and start thinking, hey, if I, if I move the end table next to the couch and I rearrange this furniture, I can maybe win. Don't do that. And, and, and I will say, when you decide, like now's the time. Now's the time. Maybe you got hit with an injury, don't know, make a plan, stick to the plan. Jerry, number one position you're building around in a one QB league? Wide receiver. It has to be. Speak on it. Uh, just, just an elite wide receiver. You you want you want a guy. You know, it, we've talked about Jordan McNamara a few times on this show, and I just had some interactions with him on Twitter recently about how wide receivers – longevity is actually not that much longer than a running back depending on where you're at once a wide receiver has been productive and they have shown to be really good then yes they last longer but if they are 
a middling wide receiver, their career is about as long as a middling running back. So you need a, a hammer because if you can get Stefan Diggs, you have a guy for what? When did he come into league? 2014, I think. You know, that's nine, no, ten years. No, and no. and not because it wasn't not but to, anyway, it wasn't 14, but but I, I see where you're going. Like it, it's just when was it? It had to be close. It was either um, 15 or 16 because 2014 okay. was the Devontae Adams. Jarvis Landry, Odell Beckham Jr., Mike Evans. That was arguably oh, oh, the, right, the, right, the right, greatest right. wide receiver class for fantasy football of all time. But, like, I mean, granted, you're not going to just hold on to a player for nine years, but at least they are viable for that long and available for that long. So you want to get that guy. You want to try and get even somebody like CeeDee Lamb. Like, he had thirteen or 1,400 yards last year. He's likely to remain relevant for the next few. Perfect. Can you say that about Josh Jacobs? Can you say that about Christian McCaffrey? Hell, we don't even know if we can say that about Jonathan Taylor at this point. This will be offensive, but even if you had B. John Robinson. I mean, he's probably the only one that's remotely I, I, safe, I, I, but yes. I disagree. I disagree. It, it's, if in two years, two years ago, if I told you Jonathan Taylor was the cornerstone of your one QB rebuild, You'd have been like two big thumbs up, or go back five years ago if I told you it was Todd Gurley. Yeah, you'd have been fist pumping. It, it, running back, it just churns so fast. You know, Saquon Barkley. There's another guy. You know, yeah. Christian McCaffrey is one of the rare players who have had a dip, and, and and have you know marched right back up the ranks. So, like for me, it's like my target wouldn't like if I had AJ Brown. Like if I had a roster and I said, "Hey, I'm I'm retooling this roster." First guy to go is AJ Brown. And you might be like, oh, A.J. Brown's really good. I agree. I agree A.J. Brown's really good, but he's like what? He's on a second contract. He's like 25. And in two years, he'll be 27, which will be the age apex. But I would rather be two years from now with like a 25-year-old, you know, Garrett Wilson. Eight, Most services eight, have him ahead. And you're, I mean, you're trading him and you're getting a good young wide receiver and a first, maybe a that's, that's fucking what third or something too. So Exactly. You, you read my mind. It's not against A.J. Brown or his next three years outcome. It's that I'm in a rebuild, and when I come out of that rebuild, so I'm building in, I'm rebuilding in 23, I'm rebuilding in 24, I'm ready to compete for three years in 2025. And in 25, yeah, A.J. Brown might be, you know, coming out the back end of the peak of his powers, but where is he at in 26, 27? Again, this is dynasty. We're playing this for the long haul. So th those are the kind of guys, and I, I will say, give me that, you know, if I could get like Chris Alave in a first, you know, guy going into year two, because two years from now, he's in like his super prime. He's in his mega super prime. Chris Alave is a great target. And I'm getting that ad additional draft capital. Yep, because that's going to become the the big drumbeat. You know, next weekend as we record this is uh, they call it week zero, and the NCAA. I know I, I see Jerry rolling his eyes. If you're not watching on YouTube Player Profile, that th then you missed. It. Yeah, I don't get it either. It's just like kickoff weekend. What's wrong with kickoff weekend? Right. Over in Ireland. Wrong with week one. It's the well, first I week. We, I think week one's the other week one. But I, anyway, we can we can create a whole new. But yeah, I'm I'm all about building and and like next year, if you have the 101 in a in a in a one QB league, it's Marvin Harrison Jr. Don't overthink it. Don't don't get cute. I don't care who the running back du jour is. It doesn't matter. 
The 101 next year in one QB leagues is Marvin Harrison Jr. Now, I, I, I've read interesting things. You know, we got our buddy Dallas, Dallas Hyder. He does the rookie, run, uh, yeah, the rookie rundown over on our on our network. He's excited about a lot of these rookies, but you want to lock in. And, and I think like for the first year or two, I'm I'm building up all my wide receiver core, and then as I'm the rookie draft right before the first year of contendership. That's when I'm starting to add those veteran running backs. That's when I'm starting to add those those, those young running backs to, to get out there and compete. What I mean, yes, but I'm also using those extra draft capitals that I got from trading A.J. Brown, right? Like I have a, a wide receiver that gets four points less a game or five points less per game, but I got that extra first out of him, whoever the hell, you know, insert name here. And then when that's time, if I've done that several times, I have a ton of extra draft capital. And that's when I'm going to go get the running back. Because there's going to be someone in your league who has a running back that is a win-now running back, and they are not winning now. And And once it gets time to get those picks, dynasty players love them. They love dynasty picks. Oh my God. First round picks. They could build statues of them outside their house because they love them so much. What, what do you think a, a, like a Rashad white was going for during rookie drafts? What could, could you have got him for like, for like an early second? Imagine, right now? imagine right now. Yeah. No, no, no. I meant like, like in May, like three months ago. Like, okay. It's, it's like right after the NFL draft. Yeah. Like, I mean, those of us that liked him would have paid in a late first and those that, yeah, I would have so. one QB. I, I might've paid a late first, but yeah. Think about that. You, you, you're coming out of your rebuild. You're looking to add young pieces. Like that would be the ideal move. You're coming out of your rebuild. It's, you know, the first year you're going to compete and you can add a guy like Rashad White. Maybe the Dalvin Cook news opened up a buy window. You have some of that draft capital. You're ready to, to compete. You could buy a Brees Hall. Hell, and if you've been rebuilding and you had multiple firsts, maybe you got that Bijan, and then you traded one of those championship contender firsts that you flipped off last year and got Rashad White too. Now your running back room is so much healthier. That's why you don't make those picks. Just saying. You trade for contender firsts, and then you flip them when it's time to win for you. Yeah, absolutely. So in a super flex, uh, I think this is where I disagree with Jordan, but Jordan thinks that it's it's virtually impossible to get out of the hole in a, in a super flex league. Like if you start productive struggle, you're never going to get back out of that hole. What, what are your thoughts when I say that? Because I think rebuilding super flex is difficult. It, it is. It is. It depends on your plan though. Like if, if you have a quarterback if you have one, then you're fine. Like you can have Justin Herbert and still be rebuilding. Like that's a, you can have Patrick Mahomes and still be rebuilding. You can have Josh Allen, maybe not Josh Allen, but you, you can still be in that situation. There are situations where you can, if you are sitting there and you have Tua and, you know, someone else that's, you know, meh. Then yes, it's it's going to be very hard, and you're gonna you're gonna need to hit on a quarterback eventually. But it, from my experience, yes, it is very hard, and it's very hard to do the one year punt, which is what I wanted to try and do to see. 
and too many people do it nowadays, which is another thing. And that's a whole nother side conversation where a lot of people will start the startup trying to rebuild, which I did, right? Like, like I did it. It's it, called it, the Jerry. It, 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 I mean, yeah. Some but, people but call it, it, but it, but it was not successful. And I learned that it was not successful because a lot of people do it. Like it was one thing when I was, I was edgy and I was, I was pivoting when I was zigging when everyone was zagging. But like we we did our league, our money league, and Diddy did it, who is a wonderful player, Matt. He did it with me. We both did it, and he did it better than me. And I'm still sort of rebuilding in that league, and he made it to the championship last year. So, yes, you can do it, but also if you have lots of competition at rebuilding, what what is the point? Like, it, like, if you have competition to win now, okay, at least you have a good team that you can trade assets for. If you have competition where you're rebuilding, you, you're not going to be able to acquire the assets you want because someone else is also doing it. It just makes everything so much harder. Well, you just brought up something that's a great way to start bringing this one home is that how do you compete when there are – because. I'll tell you right now, I, I love it because a lot of my teams are like win now teams. I love it because I feel like I go into a majority of my 20 something leagues and I feel like eight of the 12 GMs are already in rebuild mode. And, 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 and it makes it great if if you just have to make sure that you're not getting caught up in making bad deals because other people are are, are making bad deals. And that also gets back to that point we made earlier about where, hey, maybe you start contending a little bit earlier. And still, don't, don't, don't fall for that. But, yeah, you know, you mentioned that league you're in with Diddy. Diddy's a great guy. And, you know, his, his rebuilds come along nicely. I think he finished second in the league. He had the, the yeah, one year. he lost the championship. Yeah, he had the, the one year. But, you know, he did it real, real well. And what advice would you give yourself in that league that, you would go back and redo like another chance to go back and talk to a different Jerry. What I did was, so I did the one year rebuild, but then in the off season, I just acquired tons of running backs. Cause I was like, this is going to be my year. You know, I sucked the first year, had lots of picks, flipped them, got my running backs. I had a solid core wide receivers. The problem with that league is you have to start two tight ends. And I've never solved that problem in that league, which is a very big deal, which goes back to, mistakes that people make in super flex leagues if you have a quarterback problem you will have a have a problem for a very long time same thing if you're in a two tight end league if you don't have tight ends you have a problem but that's what i would tell young jerry but listen what i will say is it's not a terrible strategy to try if the league is all trying to win now if you are truly zigging when everyone else is zagging it is absolutely a play for you to acquire those first in the startup, let them get all the good guys. And then when the time comes, you just start cooking, but you need to have a plan and you can't be doing it. If everybody else is doing it, then you're just, you're a a sheep following the herd and you're trying to acquire all these pieces that are less valuable because you're rebuilding and you're trying to acquire them with rebuilders. And one of you is going to emerge and everyone else is going to be in such shambles for years. The, the one last thing I will say is that if you don't have the stomach to rebuild, sell the team. Just sell the team. You know, um, maybe you've already paid for the dues 
and you're just like, I don't have the heart for this. I'm I'm in too many leagues. It's paid for. But don't you be a son of a bitch and gut it and then leave. Yeah, yeah. Don't. Yeah. Don't, there's the right way and the wrong way to leave a league. And you know, maybe you took this over. Maybe you, you know, someone else orphaned the league, and you've already paid the dues this year or or what have you. Be like, look. Find a replacement. Say, you know, put it on Twitter. I guarantee if you, especially if it's like what I call an internet league, because I, I don't play a lot of dynasty with like people who live here locally in the Indianapolis area. It's hard to get, you know, 12 or 14 or 16 local degenerates that we can get together in a room. I know some people do. God bless you. I have not been able to do it. But like if it's at like an internet league, just just sell it to someone or give it to someone. Say, hey, look. I'm giving this to like I would just use Jerry as my example. I'm going to give this to my buddy Jerry. He's a dynasty gamer. Um, he's going to take it on for me, and maybe he's just going to do all the work, and I'm going to keep my name on it to make sure Jerry doesn't screw it up. Because some of these leagues are, I don't want to say prestigious, but they mean something to people, and you just don't necessarily want a new guy or a new new lady in the in the group. Dig that too. So maybe I take Jerry on as like a silent partner let him do the the work and just don't abandon your rebuild because you know it's it's a bad time to just say oh well season starts in in 2 weeks and I'm out cuz that's the shits Jerry that is the shits I, I mean I I I've been in situations like that I've taken on orphans that were like that um just because I wanted to challenge myself a little bit it's still not fun well, I, I finally that. got one that that's finally ready to compete this year. It was a one QB. It was a, a struggle bus. It was ugly. I took it over as a dispersal. Uh, this thing's ready to run. This thing's a thoroughbred now. It's, I need Javante Williams to get healthy and, and be ready for the season. And 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 yeah, I know. I see Jerry praying. You know, from my lips to God's ears. Let's see if we can get uh, J- Javante rolling. But man, let's get out of here. But real quick. Um, I will be back later in the week with producer Kevin. We're going to finish our under the radar, not spoken about enough training camp stuff that we, we got to cover the Minnesota Vikings and there's one other team. Uh, we've done a two-parter on this already. This will be the third part in the series. Uh, I'm going to be doing the Kiss the Ring podcast on Monday night. And then uh, and then Jerry will be doing the juice and be doing yeah, some buddy. gambling. And then next week, last thing, next week, we will be debuting the new in-season format. It's going to be much more of a segmented show. So we're going to have five or six little segments. We're, we're still going to have good people, bad tweets, because that will never go away. It's my, my favorite segment. So many people love good people, bad tweets. But we're going to have a segment for people who want trade advice. We're going to have a segment for people who are a contender. We're going to have a segment for people who are a rebuilder. We're going to have a segment on injuries. We're going to have little pockets of the show that will appeal to everyone because I don't want the dynasty war zone to turn into another, what should we say? Like, like a dynasty show that turns into a redraft show in season. I want to keep the dynasty flavor. I want to keep it relevant. Um, We may even do like a Q and a segment, Jerry. I mean, if they got Q's, we got A's. If you got cues, we got A's. I mean, I, 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 that's a weird porno name, but uh, I like where it's going. So anyway, a lot of good stuff coming up with the Dynasty Warzone action packed. Please subscribe everywhere. Uh, I joked with, with Kevin the other day, the freest way, the freest way to help us do anything is leave a review, is to subscribe everywhere. It costs you $0. You may say to yourself, self, 
it doesn't matter. I'm just one person. You do matter. Your five star or any review on Apple goes a tremendous way toward helping this show. Your subscribing to the Dynasty Warzone or Player Profiler, YouTube, audio, whatever, goes a long way. And we really appreciate you. But we're going to get out of here. We're going to go do a quick overtime segment. I'm going to ask Jerry about some of the stuff that we've seen in the preseason. Thank you to everyone who participated in the chat. And on behalf of that man, Jerry Sinclair, when we do this show next week, we will be about yeah, two less than two weeks away from NFL football. It's here, gang. A lot of good stuff coming up on the Dynasty Warzone. And until next time, until next time. Hey, fellow Warzone listeners. My name is Zach Camps. Uh, if I'm not golfing or slinging my hands a monster, I'm usually thinking about Dynasty Fantasy Football. A couple months back, I joined the Patreon just to take my Dynasty passion to the next level. And I'll tell you what, well, let's just say there's writer downers for days in the Patreon. The member, you get access to the bonus pod where the guys take the filter off and talk about a wide variety of topics that maybe they won't cover on the normal show. You also get access to Memphis and Jerry for one-on-one advice, personal dynasty dilemmas. They'll tackle them for you, help you out with it. You just don't get that anywhere else. But I'd say my favorite part about the Patreon is the uh, the group chat. Tell you what, these guys are some excellent minds. Tons of fun. The fire in there is amazing. Great platform to post trade questions, debate rookie values, share insight, interact with some cool people from across the globe. You know, shout out to those guys in Australia. They're blowing my phone up all the time. You know, the best part is there's no Twitter trolls or Facebook trolls arguing about stuff they don't know anything about. So uh, if you want to enjoy your dynasty experience even more, win those championships, pause the podcast right now, sign up, and you can thank me later in the group chat. Let me tell you something, Pandeo. You pull any of your crazy shit with us, you flash a piece out on the lanes, I'll take it away from you and stick it up your ass and pull the fucking trigger till it goes click. Jesus. You said it, man. Nobody fucks with the Jesus.